From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. What a crazy time to be alive. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with hour number two of the Charlie Robinson Show. If you want to connect with me, the email is charlierobinson at tntradio.live, or you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions, my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. You can find out about the books that I write. You can find out about my podcast, macroaggressions, and all that good stuff. You, if um, again, I wanted to reiterate this, reiterate this, I should say, um, at the beginning of the hour, my good friend Jeff Berwick, host of Anarcapulco, longtime resident of Acapulco, Mexico, has set up a website called HurricaneOtisRecovery.com. Acapulco was hit with a massive Category 5 hurricane earlier this week. It was a tropical storm, and then it was a Category 5 hurricane within just a few hours. It's very unusual. There was almost no media reporting of this. It walloped Acapulco with 165 mile an hour winds. Acapulco is a very important place. It's a very special place. I've been down there several times as a speaker for an Acapulco. I will be hosting the event this coming uh, February 2024. And the area, listen, it's not all, you know, it's not all beautiful beaches and high rises. There's a lot of people, real people that live there that have had their lives turned upside down. So if you are in a position where you can donate money, please donate money, hurricaneotisrecovery.com. They'll take your fiat, they'll take your crypto, they'll take PayPal, they'll take whatever you've got. If you are in a position where you can't donate money, but you can donate your time, please take the information from that website, distribute it to the extent that you can get the word out. These people need it. Jeff's crew is down there on the ground. They are buying chainsaws. They are buying food and water. They are distri- they're buying it in other cities and taking it in. The military is making it very difficult for them to get in. There's a media blackout going on there. It's really, really bad. We want to help. They've been so good to us over the years. And we would, it's our pleasure and uh, to give back to the extent that we can. Hurricane Otis Recovery com is the place to go. Well, on a lighter note, I want to introduce you to my good friend, Eric Hollerbuck, host of Highway Diary, comedian, professional comedian, certified lunatic, but in a good way, the good kind of lunatic, one of my favorite people. How's it going, Eric? Good to see you, man. How, how are you, Charlie Robinson? Thanks for having me on your show. Well, we hung out. We had a good time in uh, in Austin, Texas this summer. I was out there for the American Liberty Wards. You were involved in that with the the InfoWars crew. We had a uh, it was a it was a fantastic night. We we it was a fa- hell. It was a great weekend. We had a good time the whole time, going out for dinner, have some drinks, get to see go to the river with all the InfoWars crew. I mean, what's not to love about Austin, Texas? You know, except for the junkies that are passed out on the sidewalk and whatnot and uh and all that but i think that's just that's just what happens when you have a democrat controlled uh major city right you, that comes with the territory but uh <laughs> we we also you and i went out uh went to the river with nick natelli uh musician and you just had him on highway diaries i haven't heard the episode yet i'm dying to listen to it because i had breakfast with nick and and, and then you know we all kind of hung out and he's such a cool guy i never met him before that but uh what'd you guys talk about 
Oh, well, he's a great swimmer. Uh, he swims like uh, fish in sand that was uh, concreted over and baked. Uh, great swimmer, that guy. Um, but he uh, he had a similar story to me. You know, I lived in Los Angeles for six years and um, I rose to a certain level and he rose way past me in the music industry, producing music for Snoop Dogg and all this stuff. And when I mentioned the br name Brian Singer and pedo parties, he went off. And he also said that some of the studios he was working for, the street names had all these occult uh, meanings and they were on ley lines and all this stuff. And so um, it was a, a lot about uh, the occult nature of the business, you know, and coming from comedy, you know, you you want to fakely believe that like the best comic like rises to the top. But then, like, I just heard a series of podcasts from all the big podcasts, and they're like, well, I was only doing it two years, and they were like, you should headline. And I was like, I don't know, I'm not ready. It's like, you have no business headlining if you haven't been doing it for 10 years. I've been doing it for 21 years. And, yeah. like, you know, I just pick my spots, and I prepare for everything I do, like the Unabomber, because this show, yes. for example, is going to be on the internet forever. And a lot of people put content on YouTube, like, seven days a week, because they think that's the what right thing to do to i'm a hustler well you don't write and you sound like a fucking tit and that's tattooed on youtube forever yes well listen um the the comedy world the hollywood world the hollywood scene you know all of this it's fair i don't think it's a very healthy place i don't think that the I, I don't think it attracts the you know i don't think it attracts maybe the 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 the, the most uh sane and rational people i think there's a lot of people feeling very empty, looking to fill themselves up with fame and fortune and the likes, and uh, and they will do whatever they need to do to get there. I don't, uh, uh, I don't love it, of course, but I don't, uh, you know, I understand that that's, I, I lived in LA for 20 years. I mean, we saw the same things. I mean, there's a bunch of people out there doing, doing God knows what to, to be famous, but I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't think it's, looking back now, it's not about fame. It's about the quality of your work, right? I mean, like you said, you don't want to put out garbage. I mean, just to, to put content out, just to put it out. How about quality control, right? How about how about we check that? And and you you mentioned that um, you know somebody doing comedy for two years and then all of a sudden you know make somebody saying, well, you should you should headline. Or when's your special going to come out? And you go well, special two years. This is this is a process. We've watched comedians that have. Uh, uh, listen, I mean, you, you think they come out of nowhere. You think they're, the, you know, Andrew Dice Clay, you know, but these guys were working small clubs, making nothing for a long, long time, doing the hard work, refining their craft. And, and, and I'll tell you what, the sign of a really good artist, whether you're a singer or a comedian or whatnot, is you can make you can take something that is exceptionally difficult to do and make it look easy. So the problem, Eric, is that when these the when people watch these comedians they think it's easy you know when you watch an actor you think it's easy if you've gone to an acting class i've gone to an act when people watch these comedians they think it's easy you know when you watch an actor you think it's easy if you've gone to an acting class i've gone to an acting class it's incredibly difficult to get up there and then ready and perform you know and then to turn it on and so i'm with you man to, 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 you've been in comedy for 21 years it takes a while you've got to um you know you, you've got to get up on stage and and have it go all wrong so that you know how to deal with it i'll tell you as an example you remember when um 
Kramer. You remember when 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 he started? Uh, you know, Seinfeld ended, and uh, and Michael Richards went up on stage and started doing stand up, and it, and the crowd turned on him, and he went ballistic and went crazy, and 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 got branded as a racist because he started calling everybody the N word. That was a guy that didn't have. Ex- you'd think he'd have experience, but that was a guy that didn't have enough experience on a stage in front of a live audience to know how to handle that. That's just something that comes with repetition, right? Well, also, you know, on the set of Seinfeld, he's so pampered. He goes to the makeup room, then he goes to the kiss ass room, then he goes to the catering room, then he goes to the table read. And even when he messes up his lines, clapping sycophant seals go, yay, what a genius. And then it's like, okay, here's the microphone in the audience, you entitled, retarded loser. And then he can't do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's... um, Did I I cuss? Uh, I'm trying not to. I'm, I know. I'm sorry. I know. God, I how dare you? This is a but family I just, show. I Eric. just see this next this next generation <laughs> taking their camera phone with an HD camera, sticking it in their own butt, and and photographing every dookie that comes out like they're Picassos. It, well, it's 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 a, it's still it's a in their generation. butt, Charlie. It's still in their butt, and they're photographing it. It's still in there. It's, they're live streaming. <laughs> It, it's, it's, we, we we're in a new generation though so i wonder eric i wonder about this do you as as you you're so you're some you've been doing this for a while and you you see how times change and you see that that uh you know kids when when you started no cell phones at the at the shows right now everybody's got a cell phone mm-hmm. for better or for worse they're filming you maybe they're distracted have you had to change your your approach to comedy as this generation changes as you, as you get to this TikTok generation where everybody's attention span is like 30 seconds at best i mean cuz your stuff is pretty cerebral <laughs> when we get into you know sort of that you 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 you've got a big setup you know and like your shows are you know joke number one, you know, one sort of feeds a, a joke that's coming later on in the show but man if you're living in a TikTok world where everything's 30 seconds you don't have enough time to get to you don't have enough time for this setup has it changed the way that you approach comedy or are you still kind of doing it the right way I really think that the reason I write so much is because like a lot of times when I'll get up, like if I have like a 18 minute set, people will be dead quiet for four minutes because I've packed content into everything I say. I've prepared so much. So when sometimes people are just watching me quiet, but I noticed that the comics before me, they're chatting the whole time. I get up. Silence is better than you know, chatting, because at least I yeah. got their attention. And then I know five minutes in, I start hit, hitting them. But like, even though I'm trying to make them laugh the whole time, they calibrate to my vibration. And then I, it starts to work. So I haven't really changed what I do. I mean, for me, it's all about JPM jokes per minute. And I, I pack content, I'm not like searching for the next thing to say, I've really prepared. You know, I don't like yeah. improvise on stage. The only thing is like, when people are like, texting or whatever it's annoying but i just try to have such high level content that they stop all that i i I can't i can only control what i can control i know and that's got to be really frustrating to look out in the audience and i wonder like you know i i've never i've never done stand-up comedy so so you you know you would you would you would my assumption 
is that you can feed off of the vibe in the room and that the vibe in the room is either, you know, it can send you into a great place where everything's pumping and, or, or you, one person who's, who's distracting you in the corner can sort of throw off the rhythm for the entire room. Is there something to be said for room energy? Is that, that's really a thing? Absolutely. You know, and when I lived in new Orleans, so um, just real quick, I, I, when I started my podcast, oh, sorry, let me answer your question. Yeah, um, the other comics in New Orleans, when I lived there, a lot of them hated me because they were social justice warriors. And I did this oh, yeah. joke about Caitlyn Jenner's brand new vagina and how it was beautiful. And it had that new vagina smell. And they were like, oh, my God, you're transphobic. And I was like, you bombed. And so they would make sure to make me as uncomfortable as possible, cross her arms, stare at me like this. And I, that got in my head. And then when I was like, oh, they're cokehead jealous losers, then I just started completely ignoring them. But I had to like change my mindset of like, oh, I need camaraderie in the green room. And then I they will give you none of that. They're jealous losers. And when I just was like, oh, they're losers, then I just completely ignored them. So you yeah. have to like, it is it is a mindset. Like you have to have control over your own mind. And thank God I had two parents. So I have a, a, a functioning cerebral cortex. But you you asked me to plug my podcast. So when I started my podcast, I had a, I was like depressed. I got fired from this reality show. My girlfriend dumped me. You know, my dog ran away. And um, my that sister sounds like a country me. music song. You should have gotten <laughs> yeah. into country music with with, with that background. <laughs> I, I just needed a reset. And then just out of the blue, synchronicity. My sister calls and she says she's moving from San Francisco to New York City. So I said I'll drive with you, but we have to record a podcast the whole way. So we drove, she drove from San Francisco, picked me up in LA. We drove to New Orleans and then we drove to New York City and we moved her in. When this was in 2010, then in 2018, um, after I got my degree in screenwriting, I repeated this same trajectory. I went from LA to New Orleans to New York City and I shot 50 shows. So my podcast started on a road trip. That's why it's called Highway Diary. And then my stand up special. Um, my three stand-up specials did the same route and I shot 50 shows. And there's just something about this trip that kind of like resets me. I don't know if I'm a traveling man, if I, it's just the synchronicity of it. And then when I ended up um, back in New Orleans for grad school, there was just something in my mind's eye that like it was important for me to go there and see that at that time from 2014 to 2017. I don't know how yeah. else to explain that. Well, listen, man, you were on the road like Jack Kerouac. You know, you were you were out on a, in an adventure, easy rider. You know, I mean, there's something very Americana about that. About like we're just gonna get in the car, we're gonna drive across this massive country, we're gonna get into adventures, we're gonna see what happens. And the fact that you that that spawned a a an entire podcast that you've been doing now for years, it's really good. You've had me on a bunch of times. I'm always it's always it's always fun to come on with you. You are the most prepared podcast host I know. You you have copious notes, uh, and 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 I love the fact that you, you know, we always have a good time doing that. But the 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 idea of just kind of being out on the road, getting into adventures, talking about what you see. And uh, and driving from city to city, and then and then of course the stand-up specials that sort of like mirror that is is really important. I think that uh, you know, listen, there there's a lot of there's a lot of content out there, and people are trying to search for for good stuff. They want to know what what we're going to have. I'll tell you what, if you're going on a road trip and you are looking to pack your podcast player with some some shows, maybe you get, pick up a show that you you're unfamiliar with. 
maybe check out Eric Hollerbach's Highway Diary. Add that to your your media diet and and give it a test run and see what you think. We'll be back with a second segment with Eric Hollerbach after the break. This is TNT Radio. We are back with Eric Hollerbach, Highway Diaries. You can check out his specials. Eric, where's a good place to find your specials too? Uh, just my name.com, E-R-I-C-H-O-L-L-E-R-B-A-C-H. If you go to my personal website, there's a tab for stand-up specials. There's a, you know, there's a tab for Klaus Schwab Jr. I'm his intern, um, and he's very abusive. So, um, but, you know, know, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome there. Yes. Yeah, I know. And, but you're, you've been, I saw um, recently that you've been hanging out with your godson. A little bit. Saw saw you took your godson. Look, uh, went to go get your godson. And got a haircut recently. Uh, I saw the pictures from it. It's not good. I mean, I'm not talking about the haircut. I'm talking about the uh, maybe the stylist and I uh, air quotes. They, ooh, she's lovely. She she was lovely. She, yeah, she's so lovely. Really, she's lovely. I respect never seen pronouns. a I've never seen a lady quite that tall in my life. That. Um, with such broad shoulders, are we sure that that was a lady cutting your godson's hair? She had a lovely cock. Um, so <laughs> listen, I had I realized after doing 21 years of comedy that there was something just empty. That I was an empty vessel. There's of, emptiness in the comedy world. You oh did, do my, tell. <laughs> my God. So like. I always think like I want to be a balanced full person like there's chakras there's like a mind chakra a heart chakra and like I just had this feeling that my heart chakra was like always depleted like you Mm -hmm. know and my mind chakra like I was always stimulated mentally but like there's something missing right and um I don't have a kid I don't have a girlfriend my last three girlfriends cheated on me but um one of them had a kid and he never cheated on me and he's my best friend and so uh yeah my we call him my godson right uh because uh, by the way his dad is in jail for assaulting a cop on drugs and texas cops really like that so he's probably going to get out real soon but um and he hadn't seen him for two years anyway but uh so i just see this like vacuum and this need but he's like my best buddy seriously i have so much fun like hanging out with him i hang out with him three days a week i chaperoned his school dance yesterday which uh it was eighth as, grade. as Klaus Schwab Jr. <laughs> I, I wore later hosen. Um and then you know how like Muslim people they like march around a cube, yes. you know. So I've, none I've, of them, I've seen it. Yeah. So none of them really danced with each other because they didn't want the other classmates to go, ooh, you're so they just sort of circled the center like like a bunch of ants or like a bunch of like a circling a cube and but it, how uh, old of the, how old is your godson he's 13. okay okay so we're talking middle so, school dance yeah yeah eighth grade he's gonna go to high school next year so um okay. but it's an important time in someone's life and i and you know whenever we hang out you know he's with his mom all the time so whenever we hang out i literally feel like he's nourished by masculinity literally that's you know his soul and, and my soul as well so uh we let me just tell you something else like when i was in new jersey i met this teacher who was frustrated by the bill gates uh virtual learning you know losers like um uh 
Kramer from Seinfeld who can't handle reality without being bullied and Bill Gates shows his face in public and he gets pied in the face and so like entitled sheltered losers don't want in school class because they're going to get bullied so then I met a teacher who was doing um computer learning during COVID and all the boys would log in for attendance and log out to watch hardcore pornography and what they didn't know was that the screens were captured so while the teacher was trying to teach math class there was just a but like a zoom meeting filled with b-holes getting penetrated oh boy. and she's like oh okay so um here is pi squared of the what the in the whatever <laughs> you know so that's machine learning boys are especially at that age are kind of like apes and they need to be wrangled into classes in my opinion to build that so let me just tell you about cerebral uh machine learning my godson Please. and I play a lot of GTA 4 and okay. he thinks nothing he thinks nothing of beating a hooker to death with a baseball bat or shooting I, a mobster you know who's right. going to take a witness stand um but then you know I needed to get him a haircut and then um he his mom always takes him to fancy salons even though she can't afford it she'll spend a hundred dollars on his haircut because she thinks that the ambiance is important I think the haircut's important. So yeah, after spending all afternoon um, killing mobsters and uh, stealing from Brinks trucks and you know pawning body parts on the black market in GTA 4, I take him to get a haircut by a Mexican transvestite, and he is shell shocked. Right. By the well, look of I this did. person, this a rough looking person but yes a beautiful lady and also a fantastic hairdresser if you're uh, in if you're a mexican transvestite do the, do the math one equals to a great haircut every time she has to to survive sure. you know oh yeah but listen there's there's yeah. quality quality control <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. um well listen there, there's a lot of kids growing up on video games playing grand theft auto you know, having a, a, a skewed sense of reality, thinking that the world, thinking that it's normal to do the things in re in real life that you do in a video game. And, and that's unfortunately, we've got an entire generation of kids that have grown up on that. So in, in, in your particular case with your godson here, you've got a father in prison, right? He's not going to be much help. You've got a mother that's doing the best she can, like working working and 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 hoping that she can raise this kid the best way and then here you come along right and you're going to broaden his horizons culturally right expand his his reality maybe get you know maybe we we get a, a haircut from a transsexual mexican gentleman that's fine right that that's that's uh getting him out into the real world showing him how how things how things work uh what would he I, I but it begs the question eric what do you do for a follow-up after you get a haircut from a transsexual you know i mean do you go to i mean is that you, let's go to have dinner i mean what where do you got what do you guys do after something like that do you go to throw a frisbee in the park or or do you do you sit him down and explain that hey listen man some people are just born different than others i mean how, what's the conversation like after this uh after this uh, magical haircut of yours yeah we play a lot of disc golf but he was a little shook you know and so he's like listen if you want me to um you know 
calm down, then take me to P. Terry's. So he kind of like strong armed me to get him uh, to a hamburger stand. Like P. Terry's is a hamburger shop. So it's kind of like in and out. So he's like, listen, you know, I'm going to tell my mom that you're a bad person unless I get P. Terry's. So he kind of like he's a good a little uh, extorter. Yeah, he's learning from the video game, of course. I mean, you've got to learn yeah. how to extort people in, in, in real life. I do find it hilarious that the two of the two baldest guys in the, in the room are talking about the quality haircuts, <laughs> the importance of it. But then I told him, I said, listen, every, okay, whatever, you can extort me now, but every compliment you got on your haircut, you you owe me five cents, right? So okay. five cents, that's, that's what I get, right? So then he says, uh, he's texting with me. Oh, Eric, you know, every time I got a compliment, I put a penny in a jar. And every time I got a critique on my haircut, I took two pennies out. By the way, you owe me five cents. I go, first of all, that's fraud. How do you have minus five pennies in a bucket? Okay, this is just fraud. I don't believe you. You know, and I go, why, why two pennies for the critique? That sounds like hater privilege. So why do the haters get more, more sense, you know? Well, well, listen, he, what he's, he's coming from common core math. He's living in the United States where we're $33 trillion in debt, spending invisible money that doesn't exist. So can you really blame him for, for having negative, uh, negative pennies in the jar? You know, I mean, we're a country built on negative pennies in the jar, so to speak. And, uh, it, it, he's a product of his own environment. You can't. You know, you can't fault him for that, Eric. I mean, come on. I mean, common core, common yeah. core. Anybody? Two yeah, plus two equals five. As long as you can show your work, this is this is this is the world that we're living in. Do you have fears though about this? About this this new this new you know the world we grew up in doesn't exist anymore. Of course, it's long gone. But now now we're in a world of Grand Theft Auto and transsexual Mexican uh, hairdressers and negative five cents in the jars and that's his reality are we should we be concerned i mean what do we what do you where do we go with something i have a i have a kid as well i have to i have to keep this in mind i have to worry about the future do you worry about the future eric hollerbeck absolutely and you know I just really want to talk about the cerebral cortex, the part of your brain <laughs> that um, that finishes developing at the age of 23 or 27. I have my eyes on his cerebral cortex and nothing else matters. Like I kind of whittled my life down to like doing the shows I'm booked for. You know, I work at a boxing club too. We're going to, you know, yeah. whatever. And so um, and making money and just like putting my energy in his development which is very rewarding for me because your your brain doesn't stop growing until you're 20 freaking five or seven and so I, like I know. yeah and so like putting my energy in him to alleviate adhd symptoms which are starting to increase because he's been uh you know he's he's 13 he's lived in 15 places uh, you know yeah. and so well, uh yeah Go on, go on, please. I, I mean, I, I agree with you on the brain stuff too. Yeah, we we know that this is a boy. I'll tell you what, it explains a lot, right? That that, that our brains are still sort of developing, and it, I think you can't rent a car in the United States until you're 25. Is that right? I think something, or at least that's the way it used to be. They 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 thought that you would be a a bad decision maker with somebody's car if you uh you know because your brain is still developing. It's funny you can, of course, you can join the army 
<laughs> when you're 18, they don't have a problem with that. Your cerebral cortex is just fine enough for them to fill it up with all sorts of uh, information. God knows what, but uh, so it's going to get it's going to get filled by somebody, right? So it's either either the state, uh, the television your schools, your woke schools, or maybe uh, Godfather Eric, right? Yeah, and so, like, uh, it's, uh, listen, your your brain develops. And so I just have my eyes on that and just, like, installing, like, with loving, gentle pressure and encouragement, like, how the world works. And, for example, um, he went to uh, an arcade for his birthday, and we had, like, extra coins, right? And so I went, I took them back to like spend the coins. And you know, those like machine, those arcade machines that push the quarters over Mm -hmm. the precipice, right? Yes. So we put a bunch of coins in there and then the, the tickets didn't come out. You know, there was supposed to tickets were supposed to spit out. So I immediately, I'm like, we're complaining. This thing is ripping us off. So then the guy, the owner comes out, he opens the front and he goes, oh, there's no tickets in the machine. Right. So then he loads the tickets in the machine. And he hits enter. This thing starts going, spitting out tickets like crazy because this machine has been scamming people for like two weeks. And everyone's too much of an NPC to say anything. Oh, I guess I got scammed by the government. Oh, I guess I got scammed by this machine, whatever. So I'm I'm sitting there and I'm explaining to him, we didn't do anything wrong. This We're the only ones that mentioned this. The owner doesn't want to rip people off, blah, blah, blah. So then this seven-year-old comes next to us and he's all wide-eyed. Oh my God, What? How, how did you do that? How did you get? And I go, dude, you just got to put a little spin on the quarter. You don't put spin on the quarter when you put it down. So then he's next to us in the exact same machine next to us. He puts spin on the quarter. One ticket comes out. I go, I'm like, start talking smack to a seven-year-old. I'm like, hey, good luck with your ticket, dude. Hey, don't spend it all in one place, buddy. Hey, enjoy your ticket, dude. And he's just like, and our machine is relentlessly for seriously 10 minutes. Like we got half the rack that he just installed. So I just teach him like, this is how the world works. We put gentle pressure on a business and then, and then you get the coins. And we, as long as you act ethically and by a certain rule set of society, you know, the world's your oyster. Life lessons with Eric Hollerbuck. Yes. (laughs) um, This is uh, the the, the ticket machine as a metaphor for the world, right? You got to, there's scams everywhere. This ticket machine should have been paying out and it wasn't. I, uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's every time I hang out with you, we have a, we have a good time. It's uh, it's a little bit too much fun. I, I know that you and I have our similarities in terms of the things that we we like to talk about. We like to cover uh, in in the podcast, not so much your stand up, I guess. Although you know, maybe a little bit. But the 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 world government component, right? We we've we've gone down this path so much where we've talked about. We've talked about the World Economic Forum. We've talked about the United Nations. We uh, we we get into this. I I always t- come at it from you know this is a diabolical. These are organizations that want world government and they they're going to enslave humanity and this is a terrible thing. And you of course agree with me on these points. However, you have a much different method of conveying this you always seem to find the humor in in this can we talk a little bit about about your alter ego about your alter (laughs) about your alter ego that comes out from time to time and considering this is a radio show um 
Can maybe we have uh can we maybe see if Klaus Schwab Jr., the trust front trust fund brat of the head of Davos who tends to make his way around we catch him from time to time on podcasts popping in and out uh giving his interpretation about the way he sees the world i wonder listen, if you've talked to klaus schwab jr in quite a, in a while listen you know i don't do a good impression of him i'm not klaus schwab jr people mistake that all the time because that's like beard shaming it's blaming the victim you know all this stuff mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll try to um you know, interpret certain events that are happening in, in New York City right now. If I would try to, you know, um, but um, <clears throat> hello, my, hello, my <laughs> slaves. Oh, good to see you. I, I noticed that in New York City, there's a lot of immigrant for time for making. I'm um, very great for us. You know, everyone who lives there naturally, their rent keeps going up and all the buildings were paid off in 1904 freaking tool and it will charge the local slaves five hundred thousand dollars per year to live in shit box but the migrants they are poo, poo box but the migrants will get free hotel good you're welcome yeah that sounds like a a, a very uh klaus schwabian uh, vision for the future you'll eat the bugs you'll live in the pods and if you are an undocumented migrant coming in to the United States, they will give you a mansion, right? They'll put you up. They'll give you free. They'll give you a debit card. They'll give you uh, access to a, a hotel. I saw it, that Eric, in Eric Adams' projections for New York City over the next three years, they say that they're going to spend $1 billion just on hotels for the migrants in New York City. Is that, is that a sustainable concept do you, th do you think you think that that's something that could last long term oh great for us when you kick the kinder out for the hotel they have a lot of options for housing they can go in jeffrey epstein's house for example um alan dershowitz will take them in and he will be like and plaque will fall between pellets of plaque will be ejected at high speed from between his teeth but oh, it will geez. not be so bad if you are if the uh, alternative is living in sewer for you you're welcome yeah 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 we'll eat the bugs um listen i've uh i feel like the tide is turning the t the davos crowd is is now under the microscope people have uh have have rightly started to pay attention to who is running this thing uh it's not good we've got uh we've got lunatic globalists they're trying to create 15-minute cities um what do you think about 15 minute cities? You think 15 minute cities might be something that, uh, oh, I don't know, is, um, I mean, I see it personally as a bad thing. But I wonder, though, the globalists tend to see this as a uh, as a long term plan. Is that something you think is uh, uh, humanity needs? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Oh, How sure. do you take it? Yeah. Uh, anarchy always works out for you because, for example, you have dog and you have it behind a leash. Oh, now it's lost in the woods, eaten by a bear. So this is the rules of the jungle. But if you put electric fence around your yard with the shock collar and then your hound tries to get out from this, he will be zapped and remind who his master is. And when you have the global slaves in the 15 minute digital prison, they are always happy 
God damn it. Oh my God. I tell you, man. Um, we're in a weird situation here. We're on the brink of World War III. Uh, we've got wars breaking out seemingly all over the place. I'm trying to find the humor in it. There's it's it's hard to find. It doesn't exist. For, for, but, for making uh, a, a, yeah, for making efficiency, we used to put the tattoo on the slaves on the wrist. Uh, yes, right? I, I, I saw the I saw the black and white videos of that. Yes, and then we put this the slave mark in the phone, and then mm -hmm. we will put it in the palm to buy for the bacon. You're welcome. Yeah, I've been told that that's the mark of the beast. Though they say that that that, oh. that the that the new the the, the new the new system. You you guys aren't representing representing the beast, are you? Is this uh, part of the beast system? Labels, labels, Baphomet, Mexican tranny, hair barber, you know, labels. What is the problem with you people in labels? Whatever. It's making for convenience for making to, to rule the slaves local. What? I know. Uh, listen, man, I'll tell you, I, I, I've about had it with, with globalism. I've had it with the bugs. I've had it with... Um, Christine Lagarde. I've had it with the the Ursula von der Leyen. I've had it with the these Europeans that are are threatening to uh, enslave humanity. But I'll tell you what, we here in America aren't going to put up with that. You know what I'm talking about, Klaus? Oh, you have Christine Lagarde, the wicked witch of the West, and you have Ursula von der Leyen, the wicked witch of the East. Yeah, good luck escaping this, fighting a war for your freedom until France. Oh my god. We're going to be back on the other side of this break. <laughs> More Eric Hollerbuck from the Highway Diaries. This is TNT Radio. We are back with a final segment of the Charlie Robinson show. Uh we've got Eric Hollerbuck. Thanks to Klaus Schwab Jr. for stopping in momentarily. We appreciate him. We've got Eric Hollerbuck. Highway Diaries. Hey Eric, before we get going, what's the best place for people to find you support your work check out your shows and do all that good stuff yes yeah, so um my website www.ericholerbach my podcast my sketches my stand-up specials they're all there erichollerbach.com thank you we we spent some time this summer in Austin, as we mentioned, and got to know some of the InfoWars crew. I got to know them through you. You you've been doing work with Harrison Smith over there. We had Owen Schroyer report to prison this week. What a travesty! Um, I met him during that weekend. You, you know, we sort of uh, at the at the event at the American Liberty Awards. TNT Radio was nominated. We didn't win, but uh, we tried. And uh, and and seeing him in the meeting in and kind of hanging out the following day over at Barton, Barton Creek, Barton Springs, Barton Springs Creek. I forget the name. Anyway, um, out in the river. What a nice guy, and uh, what a you know what a damn shame, right? That that we're we're at a point now where you can't even talk. I mean, you you listen. You're a comedian. You you make your living making people you know laugh and making people think and making people a little bit uncomfortable and doing uh doing characters and doing sketches and in being creative and using your voice and being able to have a voice and talk about this and what we saw this week was that he, that Owen Schroyer's voice was stripped away from him 
And it doesn't matter how you feel about Alex Jones. Um, this is a guy. This is a guy that was at January sixth, not on location. Or he was geographically there, but not going into the cap, not doing any of that stuff. Just physically on the premises. That was enough for these lunatics to want to silence his voice and put him in prison. I mean, do you think that this is going to have sort of the opposite effect that the empire intends? That when he gets out. He's going to be a martyr. He's going to be viewed as some something much bigger than he was before he went in. Well, it depends how much the population scrolls on their phones, uh, destroying their brains. Uh, it depends how much TikTok videos they watch between now and then, how many books they read, how what their attention span is of the American people to either uh, comply with tyranny or oppose it. it. It's up to us. Who killed the Kennedys? It was you and me, you know? Yeah. 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 It's sad, man. <clears throat> it's sad. Uh, we 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 need these people. We need the truth tellers out there. I mean, I think about all of the all of the uncomfortable truths that have been conveyed on a stage through by comedians, you know, that the, they can you guys get away with saying the things that a lot of people are thinking but don't have don't feel comfortable saying or are you but you have a license to say it when you get up on stage you know i mean when you're when you're there in front of that crowd they're 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 listening to your words and you get a pass on on some of the things that you do and some of the ways that you say it but but i'll tell you what if you you know like we look at somebody like Dave Chappelle as as an example, somebody that 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 gets up, but he talks about really controversial things. He gets people thinking about that. I mean, you've done that with your shows. You've been able to get people thinking a little bit differently about this. I mean, is that is that the end goal to get us to a point where we're not even allowed to think differently? That comedy is dangerous and comedy is banned and nobody's allowed to have fun anymore. We're not allowed to screw around and do funny skits and have funny voices and do all that stuff. Is that, is that, is that a world that you want to live in, Eric, where, where all of that is stripped away and we're staring at a blank gray screen? Yeah. Um, Project Veritas, like, recorded these high level social media insiders and they said, okay, well, people have the freedom of speech, but not the freedom of reach. For example, you know, Top Gun movie would not be made without the full cooperation of the military industrial complex. You can't have Tom Cruise running um, gaily across a aircraft carrier if the Navy didn't, um, you know, give him an aircraft carrier to run super gay across it. And so that's the Top Gun movie in a nutshell. It's it's military propaganda, right? It, just in the same way the the establishment plucks from security uh from obscurity um vapid dum-dums to elevate um so they're trying to gain a function um the culture to be dum-dums um so that's what i'm up against the only what i can control is being as funny and intelligent as possible and what's very important for me is that I'm friends with who I'm friends with because because I like them, not because the majority of my other friends like them too. That is one right. of the most important morals that I've learned in my life. And, and I, I've elevated to a vibration because I haven't been afraid to pick friends. Like Harrison Smith is a very good friend of mine. And so right. like, I don't care that his co-host is being arrested. That's got nothing to do with me. 
I, I'm just horrified by people like like Dr. Reiner Fulmick are being arrested, uh, have been arrested in uh, in Mexico at the German a- embassy, updating his passport like a good boy, um, thinking that well, if I just uh, you know get this document, then I can't you know I'll you know it's not all about documents, it's not all about um, evidence gathering, it's it's the the cabal doesn't play fair. They drink blood. They go to Epstein's Island. You think they're going to play fair? Oh, you've no. captured evidence against me. Oh, I guess I'll arrest myself. No, that's not how the establishment thinks. <clears throat> yeah. They start illegal wars without Congress, and they gain a function dumb, dumb comedians to to pacify the laziness of most Americans. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, if you can get everybody sort of uh, into this malaise where they're 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 stuck in front of their televisions. They're watching Netflix. They're wor- waiting for the next episode of Cuties to come out. They're they're they're, they're you know they're they're uh, they're in a low vibrational state. Well, listen, if you're in a low vibrational state and you're occupied by by you know genetically modified comedy, then you're never going to be focusing on the reality of the situation, which is that that truth tellers and people that stand up against the establishment are being arrested arrested and put in prison for talking this is stuff eric this is stuff that i heard about like in in the 40s you know like oh this is what they did in in these in in the in the run up to world war ii these people were speaking out or in, in even vietnam you know they're talking about anti-war people getting arrested we've got to silence their voices this is not what you do when you are on the on the good side of humanity this is what you do when you are authoritarians this is what you do when you are the bad guys right i mean the bad guys are running things yeah and the propaganda (laughs) dude the propaganda is so strong you know when i and it it breaks families uh like at thanksgiving you know so one person's on trump's team one person's on biden's team you can't even talk to your mom who like pushed you out of her canal and then she's like well i don't like your politics it's like i was inside of you i was developed inside of you um i dated this girl in new orleans who was a little uh tweaked out but she had full trump derangement syndrome and as her boyfriend as a soldier listen if you're i'm deeply codependent i'm deeply insecure if you're my girlfriend i will drive you to your trump protests even though i don't agree with them she was full on that bandwagon and i picked her up dropped her off picked her up then i bought her dinner afterward at the trump protests someone was clearly hitting on her because when you're a simp your game the only reason why any man would do anything is to get a lady right and my girlfriend was very attractive so this guy's like clearly hitting on her like oh well you could take my number we don't even have to talk about trump stuff we could you could just have my number and that'll be fine i was like okay dude hey sweetie do you want to leave yet and i just very subtly hugged her and i touched her butt a little bit she flipped on me flipped on me as I'm driving her to pizza she never bought me pizza that's fine but as I'm driving her to pizza she's going Trump grabbed someone's vagina and now you grab my you know what I mean then she didn't break up with me because I would take her out to dinner all the time what she did was she made out with another dude in front of all my comedy friends that's what she did that's nice that's fun (laughs) that's the world we live in so then it was funny i was all depressed i was like drinking out of bars getting drunk like around the corner from my house i was just like i couldn't like believe like what happened and i told this 50 year old lady my story and she just said the funniest thing to me that like snapped me out of it she goes well i wish someone would grab my butt 
You know, we are in a world of people. You either get your butt grabbed when you want it, or you get your butt grabbed when you don't want it. Eric Hollerbuck is the guy that will drive you to the Trump rally. A nice guy, not a pushover, but just a nice guy. Um, wh- where do we go from here, Eric? What do you have cooking? What's what's uh, what's twenty twenty four going to look like, man? Because it seems like um, things are changing. Are you going to get out and and stay out on the road uh, for for the foreseeable future, or do you think we're going to get ourselves in a situation where, with all this insanity, it just becomes easier to sort of stay local and not do that? Yeah, so um, I'm going to play the Vulcan Gas. Well, Klaus Schwab Jr. is going to play the Vulcan Gas Company with Eddie Bravo and Sam Tripoli, who, by the way, are have always been incredibly nice, nice to me, and I love those people very, very much. Um, that will be yeah. November 17 at the Vulcan Gas Company at 10 p.m. Um, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And then I'm also going to corner people at a boxing fight at Sigma Chi. A frat, two frat houses are boxing against each other. Then uh, in 2024, April 2024, I'm going to be in Los Angeles doing a bunch of podcasts. Uh, but for all information about where I'll be and what I'm doing is www.erichollerbach.com slash calendar. And if you don't see me on a, on a date there, I'm hanging out with my godson. That's right. Getting haircuts. Um yeah, Sam Tripoli, you know, is as you know, um, is my partner on the Union of the Unwanted. He's been uh, a great friend. He's a he's a he's a funny guy. I mean, obviously, he's a funny guy. He's a stand, professional stand up comedian, but but he's a but he's a sweet guy too. He's he's a guy that 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 respects and understands when people are busting their butt to get out there and do it. Comedy world's hard, man. The fact that you've been doing it as long as you have, I think, is a testament to you. You you know a lot of people in the industry. A lot of people like you know know you. They like you. You have a funny approach to things. I always enjoy our time. You know, hanging out, doing shows together. It's it's fun. And and we were you know and and Vulcan Gas Company's good place, man. That was that was a fun American Liberty Awards was was a lot of fun. Um, I mentioned TNT was nominated. I got nominated for my podcast for a couple of things and the book for one. And and you and I were you were there. You 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 were my uh, my partner in crime that weekend. And I really did appreciate everything that you did for me there and um and and i and and i had a look i had a blast i don't know you know what happened after that uh late at night i forgot to tell you that um her boy morch uh who's a, a host here at tnt radio during the week he and i wound up uh having having tacos at, at, at about two o'clock in the morning with hesher for also for a tnt radio host the three of us had had come out of the Vulcan Gas Club. You know, we'd gone in there what when the when the when the party started around nine o'clock and we came out at like two o'clock in the morning, you know, after being in there all night long. And what I what we didn't realize was that what was going on out on the streets while we were inside that place was that there was a huge gay pride event. And we didn't know that until we came out and went to the taco trucks at two o'clock in the morning. And we're sitting there and we're eating our tacos and we're going. Is there some sort of theme going on? Is there some sort of party going? And then we, and then someone, and then it clicked. Oh, we have wandered into the gay pride parade. So, Hervoy is a good-looking man, and Hesher's a great dude as well. And the three of us, boy, we must have looked like we were having a little bit too much fun out there having tacos. But I certainly will go back next year, and hopefully, I will see you there. 
That's Eric Hollebach, everybody. Highway Diaries. Big thanks to Marjorie Wildcraft, our number one. If you want to connect with me, you can do so through the website, The Octopus of Global Control. But email me, charlie robinson at tntradio.live. I'll catch you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Take care.